welcome to the Coco Express Network. Talk radio that informs. Talk radio that inspires. Talk radio that enlightens. Talk radio for us all. Good afternoon, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Coco Express Show Network. And it's me, Aurelia, your host, joining you once again. I have to tell you, this has been one of the most exciting days of my life in a long, long time. I just got off the Indie Review Radio Show talking about the um, the program the Coco Express Show has um, spearheaded and um, embarked upon or created. It's a um, youth mentoring outreach program circled around etiquette. And I have to tell you, I've never been so excited with the way things are are going and how they're moving, and they're moving in such an amazing direction. And I just am overwhelmed with joy. And I'm even more overwhelmed today because I am now going to allow each and every one of us to get a history lesson on etiquette in Black America. Now, I have to tell you, I grew up in a household, a Southern household, and there were some things that we learned in my home, which people outside thought was a little weird, but those lessons like, um, you know, we had lessons on uh, table settings. We had lessons. We had to know each and every piece in this silverware set that my mom had because if we were going to be able to use it, we had to know what it was. And besides, I was given the honor of having to polish the silver every month. I didn't like it, but I did it. And it helped me really understand and embrace the importance of all these wonderful things. And when I became an adult and I had to go outside, I was able to conduct myself in a manner that was pleasing not only to my parents, but the people that I was around, which was extremely important, especially if I wanted to become someone later on in life. And I am the someone that I am proud to say is based on the instruction, the tutelage, the kindness, the support, and the love that was given to me when I was a youth. And now we have the esteemed honor of having a Miss Lady Trinette. Wilson with us. She is, I can say, the etiquette guru. That's what I'm going to call her, the etiquette guru. She has the National Association of Urban Etiquette Professionals under her belt as her organization. She has also written a book, The History of Etiquette in Black America. And I have to tell you, we need to know where we've come from to know where we're going. And we are going to just discuss all of these different things, and so much more, because I am so honored to have her on the show with us. Please allow me the opportunity to introduce to you Lady Trinette Wilson. Hello. Hello, and good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. I am so honored to have you, um, and just thank you for, for joining us and, and being available to share the information that is in your amazing book. But before you do that, tell us a little bit about you. Well, thank you so much on the on the compliment about the book. I tell you, it's a labor of love. Uh, a little bit about me is uh, my name is Lady Trinette Wilson. Um, I am the proud founder of the National Association of Urban Etiquette Professionals um, and um, the only publisher of the only 
um, magazine for African-American girls in the country that is a, a print, and it's called Urban Girls Magazine. Um, I am a mother. I'm a wife. Um, but most of all, I saw etiquette um, as a teen mom. I saw etiquette as a way to open the door for me to go to the next level. And I, I saw girls, as I was working with girls in my field, I saw girls not missing it because they were not smart enough or not because uh, they didn't want it enough, uh, but it was because they didn't have the skills that could open the door to the next level. And the word etiquette means ticket, ticket, access. It, it really means access to the next level. Um, it's an unspoke, there are unspoken rules many people don't know anything about. And so I got into studying etiquette back in 1988. I'm not going to date myself. Um, when I joined my, <laughs> when I joined my sorority, um, Alpha Kappa Alpha, AKA, um, and that is where I began to get introduced to hospitality and etiquette. And I thought, oh, this is an, in this is interesting. Let me go a little further in my studies. And so I started studying hospitality. I went and got a certified. Um, but what I saw is that the field of etiquette was closed to the urban community. Um, to get certified would cost anywhere from $1,800 to $3,000. And then the classes were so expensive for the children that it was locking out the kids. And so that's why I dedicated my life now for the last 25 years to this field, and it has been a blessing. Oh, great. Excellent. And I am grateful for you. I truly am grateful for you. Um, I have to tell you, you're absolutely right when you said that a lot of a lot of things that are of benefit have been kind of overpriced for us, and it makes it impossible mm -hmm. for the people in the urban communities to even be part of it. And mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. the thing that really is so sad about what we are experiencing in our communities in general. Well, it is. It is very sad because, remember, etiquette used to be taught by grandmom and mom. Remember, you just said you, were, you had the honor of fixing the table each week. Well, what happened is, as fathers, it, you know, all the way up until the um, late 60s, um, in the African-American community, we were the nicest. We were the most um, cool. We dressed, I mean, to the nines. You could mm -hmm. go to church and see a woman in, some, in a hat, an umbrella, you know, uh, stockings, mm -hmm. I mean, the whole nine. And so we, we really not only learned it through osmosis just by watching it, but they actually told us, okay, when you go here, when you go here, this is the way you act. And I remember my mother, used, my grandmother used to always say, when you leave here, act like you got people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that saying. <laughs> you know, act like you act like you come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Well, at the end of the '60s, what happened is you saw uh, the flower child time, the hippie time, start to emerge. And in that time, it was a rejection across the board of etiquette, of rules, of of, of you know living your life being told what to do, how to do it. Well, the problem with that is, though there was a, a whole culture that stopped doing it, there were other people who knew the value who did keep doing it. And so mm -hmm. they were sending their daughters to finishing school. They they were sending their, their, their kids to professional 
uh, development and leadership camps. And within those camps is where I found my audiences uh, by going in there and teaching. And so I would look at the audience and none of us, would, none, none of the urban kids would be in there. And I'd say, no, wait a minute, what's going on here? Uh, why why um, are other kids still getting this information and kids in lower income and underserved communities communities not and this is what is is, is, is you know really messing them up uh, mm-hmm. they're getting in trouble for for not respecting authority they're getting in trouble for not uh, knowing how to carry themselves properly in public venues I mean you take a football team or a basketball team out of town on the trip and one of the kids are still or one of the kids will run through the halls at the hotel. So those were just things that mom used to teach. But because mom had to go to work, uh, dad had to go to work, or perhaps dad may have not been in the home, um, and grandmom not only then stepped in to have to be a mom again, but there's a reason you have kids when, you are, when you're young. <laughs> 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 because when you get 62 and 63, you're still dealing with a four- and five-year-old. And so that information that used to come forth in the church setting, in a home setting, began to disappear in our own community. And then we had, in the 80s, the whole Mean Girls saga, where mm. in the 80s and night girls were beginning to feel their strength, and I'm going to be a mean girl. And so they began to reject even the femininity of being a woman. So you start seeing hair spiked up women being very um, brash and being very bold and bodacious. Um, and, and so this whole concept of etiquette began to be something that people didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, however, at the professional level, they always kept etiquette at the forefront because guess what? We don't just deal with people in our communities. We deal with people all across the country. And etiquette sets those standard rules across the board so that when we go in a meeting, you not thinking it's okay to use your right hand and you not thinking okay it's okay to use your left, that we have standard basic, uh, you know, international and also domestic etiquette that are rules across the board. And so, mm-hmm. yes, that, that message left our community. And I'm working very hard with our 200 etiquette instructors and debutante instructors across the country uh, to, to, you know, bring that message back. Mm-hmm. And we're working very hard to do it because our kids are being left behind. Oh, definitely. They are definitely being left behind. And I see that every day. And the amazing thing about it is other people see it too, but they're not really doing too much about it. And that's the part that kind of shakes me up a little bit and makes me a little sad, really sad. And yes, no, you go ahead. Go ahead, please. It, 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 I'm with you. Um, that's what what moved me to move because everybody was talking about it, but wasn't nobody doing anything for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were running on basketball courts back in the '80s and early '90s, just handing out birth control pills. You know, I mean, our message was so far off from where it needed to be, and as a result, more kids are suffering with depression because mm-hmm. why? Rejection. Rejection. Mm-hmm. If I don't know how to act, if I'm not comfortable in a setting, I shut myself down. I begin to shrink instead of becoming the big person that I am. So etiquette makes you big. Etiquette puts you in the room and in the conversation. Um, it teaches you how to build rapport within a room that you, you walk in. You, ne- you don't know anybody in this room. How are you going to make a lasting impression? This is what etiquette teaches you. 
but our kids don't learn this. And so instead, they begin to act out. Instead of saying, okay, I don't know how to act in this situation, so I'm going to just act up. <laughs> mm. 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 And, it's, okay. and this is going to get me attention. This yeah. is going to get me the attention that I need and I want, that every person desires. For people to say that they want to feel irrelevant, that is not true. Everyone wants to feel needed. Everyone wants to feel, you know, su- you know feel like they matter. And uh, without etiquette, a lot of our children begin to get the label of behavior issues. Yeah. What, what do you think? What do you think principals and, and, and assistant principals are writing most of their detentions for? The wrong belt and dressing improperly at school, mm-hmm. insubordination, and being disrespectful. So, what does etiquette teach? It teaches you roles. It, it teaches you, you know, a lot the lines not to cross. Mm-hmm. Now, in the past, urban kids knew what line not to cross. But nowadays, because mom is at work and she's tired and she say, boy, get out of my face. I, and, and listen, I'm a mother of four. I have three, uh, four adult children now. All of them are married. But I can remember times when they were growing up that um, I had to make it a priority. So if I have any message for parents today who are listening and tuning in, thank you so much for tuning in. It is a priority to, pre- to learn etiquette and children etiquette. And etiquette goes far beyond just what works for you. It's yeah. behavior in the classroom, it's behavior in the workplace, it's behavior in public. It covers all genres of life. And we as parents are our teachers, our children's first teacher. Yes, indeed. That is so true. And you know, I talk a lot about the social codes that And as you mentioned earlier, there are so many social codes out there for every aspect of your life. You have the social codes for being in the neighborhood. You have the social codes for being um, in the classroom. You have the social codes for being in your own home. And these are just the rules that you need to to, um, adhere to in order to be successful at whatever you're doing, wherever you are. And if it's not being taught, then guess what happens? Nothing is happening, and they're being left behind, like you said. And well, yes, yes. Well, um, you were talking about social codes. I just wanted to piggyback on that to give you a, just a, a quick example. When you mm-hmm. go to an upper echelon, high level restaurant, a five star restaurant, um, or any in, environment where etiquette is being taught, if you do something for somebody, I say thank you. What do you say back? You're welcome. You're welcome. Right. Okay, so now that is what people think they're supposed to say. But in etiquette, you learn that when someone says thank you, you say my pleasure. Now, where do you hear Yeah, my mom told me that. My mom told me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she did. (laughs) Now, why do you say no problem or you're welcome? When you say no problem, that means, okay, it's not a problem this time, but it might be a problem next time. So you do not want to say no problem. And people say it, oh, girl, no problem. Yeah, but the next time it might be a problem. The next, the next thing is you're welcome. You're welcome means you're welcome this time, but next time you're not, you may not be so welcome to ask me that. So when you say thank you and I say my pleasure, 
that means it has been my pleasure to serve you. It has mm. been my pleasure. You can come ask me any time, any place, any day. And so just those nuances that people don't know about, um, really, it could, close, it could close a deal for you, a business deal, or totally nix it because you don't know what to say in the right moment. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. Just like, and yeah. you're, you're so correct. And my mom used to always tell me, but I would tell her sometimes, I said, sometimes I don't want to do it again. <laughs> she goes, well, then... That's when you use those. But she goes, most often you say, my pleasure. You're absolutely right. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's even like when you meet people, the first thing people say is, okay, um, hi, this is so-and-so. And what do people say? Nice to meet you. Or my hi. pleasure to meet you, right? Mm-hmm. I don't A know lot if of it's my pleasure to, Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if it's nice to meet you or my pleasure to meet you. So why am I saying that? In etiquette, what you really are supposed to say is, how do you do? Mm-hmm. How do you do? So you introduce, how do you do? I'm well, how are you? I'm well. And, and, then, you, and then as you move into the conversation, um, so you're the director of so-and-so, and then you just move into the conversation like that. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we're sending these signals, and we dress in, we dress in our nice suits because, you know, in the African-American community, one of the problems is, and I see it all over, we put lipstick on peas. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yes, we put Ooh. lipstick on pigs in that we dress up people before we teach them how to carry themselves. Makeup and weave and fingernails does not make the lace. Amen. Mm. Yes, indeed. So that's what we do when we go out. We work with children. We work with adults. um, And we are really starting to work with a lot of young adults, the millennials, because Mm -hmm. the millennials completely miss the etiquette piece altogether. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness, Um, yes. because, Because etiquette takes other people's feelings into consideration. Etiquette puts everyone at ease. That's what etiquette is supposed to do. But our children, our millennial generation, have been taught, you come in here and you change the system. They don't even see if the system is right or wrong. They just want to change it. <laughs> mm, yes. Oh, Be yes. Be rule breakers. Be rule breakers. But there's a way that they can do that. With the proper training, they can do be all that they want to be, all encompassing, you know, but be nicely, be it, you know, with consideration towards others. And well, that's that where wild. etiquette. No, go ahead. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. About that. Yes. That's okay. Um, you're so right. Um, and well, let's give a perfect example of that. The last any substantive civil rights legislation came during the civil rights movement. Those people knew etiquette. They knew how to get things done. And they knew how to move the hand of the president. This generation does not know how to get any legislation passed because they're getting thrown in jail because they don't know how to pick it. They do not mm-hmm. know how to protest. Those people mm-hmm. went out and protesting full black suits, hats, dresses. These kids are coming out here protesting with masks on their face, with torches. You're not going to get the results that you want. There is a way to pick it. And we have thrown away what our forefathers taught us. Amen. Yes. We yes. 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 
Yes. And I keep saying yes. <laughs> you are you hitting you're hitting the nail on the head of everything that I've been sitting here and kind of pulling my hair out about for so long. And I have to tell you that when when we had the last eight years, our president our president for the last eight years, when he was in office. He gave us the ability to see etiquette in its pure form in every aspect of the way he conducted himself, the way he approached people, the things that he did, and the way he got things done. And when that time was coming to a close, the message that he gave was just another, it was just another symbol of his, his knowledge of the etiquette principles. He came to us and he said to each of us, I'm leaving and I've left you with enough information to help yourselves. And that was the part that I knew once he stepped away that everything was going to fall into a black hole. And guess where we are now? Well, unfortunately, um, around etiquette. Now, as an etiquette instructor, it is my, we are taught that um, because, you know, we have a lot of women who work as city protocol officers. Mm-hmm. We serve the office, not the person. Mm-hmm. We serve the office. And, and even scripturally, it doesn't matter who is in the office. You are to, to respect your leader. You are mm-hmm. to pray for your leader. Because if someone has leadership over you and they are not good, you will suffer. If they are are are. are or not good, you have to pray for them so that God would keep you in that time. And so as an etiquette expert, as you can imagine, it, I'm in a really hard spot because I see uh, many times our president breaking general etiquette rules. Oh, I don't know if yeah. there's someone uh, around him who uh, teaches, hey, says, hey, you shouldn't say that, you shouldn't do that. But um, one thing around etiquette that I do see is as I deal with people in the upper echelon, and I'm talking $10, $20 million customers, um, mm-hmm. they lack the least amount of etiquette. They lack etiquette altogether. Now, these are the people who didn't go to college. They made their money on the grind, like a Bill Gates. You know, these people, mm-hmm. they earned their money and, and didn't go through the process of having to learn etiquette. And by the time they got their money, uh, everybody was yes people around them. Mm-hmm. So when you have enough money, you feel like you can be rude. But in real truth is people are looking around you and saying you're uncouth. You have no grace. Um, you know, you have no um, elegance about you. And any time you're a politician, you're supposed to be a statesman. And a statesman is a gentleman. Mm-hmm. So we, are, we do have a challenge right now. We are definitely in a challenging time. That's why the message of etiquette has to go forth. Um, we cannot act like what we see. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to act like what we what we are taught, and we ought to all want to be better. You know, when I teach etiquette, even to adults, I always teach people that it's not about pointing out what you do bad. You know, you're not you're not an awful person. You don't have you know you shouldn't be in a barn somewhere with animals. No, not at all. You just need to polish what you already know. You know what to do. You just don't know when to do it, and this is what we teach you, when to do it, how to eat chicken wings. Should you should you order chili at a business meeting? Should you order soup at a business meeting? So these are the kind of things that, especially those who are entrepreneurs, 
those who are looking to move up in their jobs. These are rules you have to know. Warren Buffett, Buffett recently had an article where he said out of his own mouth that he takes people he is considering hiring um, in upper-level positions, and he takes them to lunch. He orders something bad, wrong specifically um, just to see how that person is going to react. Mm. So a and, lot of people say, I want, mm-hmm, want to move up, and, but they don't know the cost. Yeah. Right, and if they don't have proper etiquette training, they fall they fall out of the op- they fall out of position for the opportunity. Oh, and guess what? They're not gonna tell you why you're there. Right. So they're right. They're gonna tell you you ordered soup, and while you were eating, you were blowing soup all over the man's food and over his drink, and you used the wrong spoon, and you uh, yelled at the waitress. He's looking at all of these because he's looking at how are you going to deal, or she is looking at how are you going to deal with my customer. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how to act in front of your boss, you sure you sure don't know how to act in front of a customer. So these are the reasons etiquette are, is important. It's not even in relationships. I have a book uh, called um, Wives in Training, The Ultimate Etiquette Guide to Becoming a Godly Wife. I've been married 27 years. Do you know how many times I have had to pull out etiquette? Etiquette in greeting his family. Etiquette in greeting guests when he brings them to the house. His boss at, at at the company picnic, at the company Christmas party. You must know how to carry yourself. Which brings me to our young young African American women, um, where you see reality TV glorizing ratchet behavior. Yes, yes, they glorify it in a way that is just unbelievable. Unbelievable. I don't understand. And I get so annoyed because I'm going to be honest, I do watch it. I tune in because I want to see exactly what it is that they're doing so that I can understand it when I see it up close and in person outside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and it is horrible. Well, and what they're doing is playing a role. Yes. You be the mean girl. You be the the nice girl. You be the girl who's sleeping around. I mean, they give them these these personalities, these roles to play. To play. Now, mm-hmm. they are very complicit um, on tearing down our culture and tearing down urban girls because you are painting a picture for them that you know if they go try to do that anywhere else, they're not going to make it. Yes, yes. They're not going to make it. They don't have enough money. They don't have enough skills. So... So to teach them that having um, getting breast implants and butt enhancement, um, and for a black woman, you know, in the, in the urban community, we don't need all of that. No, we're already born no. with all of that. So now you now you're saying you're glorizing looking cartoonish for only a season in your life. I want to I want you to holler at me with the breast implant and the breast and the butt enhancement when you're 62. When you're 62, after life has happened to you, and that's what happens, they don't come back and tell the truth to these girls. And so these girls are looking at this life, glamorizing it, and not understanding that you'll never marry a professional anything, football player, basketball player, anything else, because you don't know how to act. That's why if you notice all those girls are not married, they're all, I don't know why they call it basketball, why isn't nobody Me either. 
thank you. Thank you. They, <laughs> that's what I say. I said, they're jump offs. If they're not jump offs, they're single or they are just not involved in anything. And I, and you see why. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. I so agree with you. Well, then the word calls them a concubine. That's called a, a uh, bootleg wife, an artificial wife. You're not the real thing, but you're playing the wife role. And mm-hmm. we as women, uh, we as women have to learn, you know, that, that that is not a role you want to play. It's just not really your role. Being married is not easy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you want to make sure that's what you really want to do. And so we, our kids are getting mixed messages around etiquette. Now, let me be very honest with you. Currently, there's only one organization that is a black organization that is owned by a black person, and that is the OWN Network. That is it, the OWN Network, Oprah Winfrey. And she has partners, so she doesn't own it just by herself. So now when you look at the messages, now it becomes clear. When Mm -hmm. we don't control the message, and you have other people controlling the message, this is the mess that you get. BT is not owned by anybody black. They're owned by Viacom. Mm. Essence, Ebony, VH1, all of these channels that are considered black stations are not owned by black people. And so when you see this ratchet message, what black woman would go in there and formulate a, a, a ratchet message to give to little girls? Not one. Thank you. Thank you. So we we as a society and as a community have to stop drinking the Kool-Aid that other people are serving. You're absolutely right. You are so correct. And you this is so what good. I see. This is what I see in the etiquette field um, when I go out, that I have to first erase all that mess that they've learned on television before mm-hmm. I can get to you know, what really is supposed to be happening. First of all, you don't go to a five-star restaurant and throw a drink in a woman's face and get into a fight. In real life, you'll go to jail. Yes, yes. And now you have a record, and now you can't get a job, or sometimes you can't even get an apartment, and some colleges will not let you in there with a record. So we're not being honest with our kids about the repercussions of acting this way, uh, fighting on uh, hip-hop, why, what is it called, uh, world star hip-hop, and, and then putting it up on um, the YouTube. Um, and then when people, you know, you get 35 or 25 and want a job, here you go. Mm-hmm. It comes back to haunt you. It comes back to haunt you. So social media etiquette in this day and age is one of the classes that I do a lot with high schools. And yes. with young adults. Yes. Yes. And that is so important because that is the new landscape that we're in. And mm-hmm. we need to be able to incorporate the old with the new landscape because a lot of people feel because they have this new dynamic, they don't need to even concern themselves with that old stuff. That, As my daughter would say, that old time stuff. And I had to explain to her that that old time stuff is forever relevant and it is forever teachable and it is forever going to be needed in your life. So you need to just stop complaining about it, sit down and listen because well, it's going to come back. Honest. Exactly. Let's be honest with the old time stuff. 
uh, when you look at the baby boomers, they still they have more money than their children. Mm-hmm. Yes, you yes. See? These children are waiting on us to die so they can get our money. So mm-hmm. what does that tell you? That old-time stuff was the right-time stuff. That old-time stuff built this country. And to turn away from what our ancestors taught them for so many years, let, let me tell you, in this book, History of Etiquette in Black America, what we find is during slavery time, uh, during the time of slavery and right after, uh, African Americans were the people who taught etiquette. They are the ones who fix the table for the masses in his debt. They are the ones who served. So they knew all about etiquette because mm-hmm. they were the ones who had to, you know, entertain the guests when they came. And so when you look at the first black butler um, in the White House, it was a black man. Alonzo Fields. Alonzo Fields. He was a, the first head butler in the White House. The first black woman, Madam E. Azalea Hathaway, 1867. 1867 is when she began to teach etiquette uh, around the country to students who wanted to do music. Mm-hmm. 1880, Dr. Charlotte Hawkins Brown. Known as the first lady of social race. And so we knew back even in the 1800s the importance of etiquette. Um, and I believe we're coming into an awakening. I really do. Yeah. I believe yeah. as people are, are going into stores and seeing grown women with bonnets and house shoes on and pajama pants, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That we're coming to an awakening, and they'll tell you, "Well, girl, baby, these are Gucci slides, though, and these are Gucci." Uh-uh. Things, you? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Now, uh. let me tell you something. You you wearing Gucci slides and a pajama pants. You're wearing that to a store. You couldn't even wear that inside of a Gucci store. No, no, you, you couldn't. They wouldn't let you in the door. They won't let you in the door. So what you're saying is, look at my shoes. I have on Gucci suits. So. Just because I have these shoes on in the wrong place, I'm still valuable because of the monetary value of the shoe. When they don't mm-hmm. understand that, you know, you can you can dress up as someone who is uncouth, and you can still know they're uncouth by them not even saying a word. Yes, 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 yes. You know, it's so interesting. It is so interesting and it's just for me it's heartwarming to hear this conversation because these are all the things that I've been saying and everyone's been looking at me like oh you're just a little stuffy and I'm not being stuffy it's just the reality that we have let things slip to a level that we you know we let it go any longer we may not be able to come back from this and to hear you to say it the way you're saying it, I'm so glad that you're saying it because now I know I'm not going bananas. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Not at all. If you will look back in time, remember we came from barbarians and cavemen, you know, mm-hmm. dragging women down the, the street of our ponytail with a bone. You know, we, we come from that time. We do not want to return 
to that time. But when you walk out in a way and present yourself in a way that you didn't even take five minutes to learn what fork to use, it shows that you're not invested in your future. So why should I be? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. what the message of, of etiquette is. If you're not even investing in yourself, you're sitting in front of an employer uh, um, and asking them to invest, let's say a teenager, pay me $10 an hour or $13 an hour. But your hair is not groomed, your shirt is dirty, and your pants are wrinkled. But you want me to pay you? No, I will not do it. And that is what's happening to our children because the because their inner circle, mind you now, most urban kids don't travel no any more than 10 miles outside of their neighborhood. Mm. Which is very scary. So, in other words, if you don't belong to a football team, if you don't believe, belong to some kind of team that takes you away, then how do you get out of there? How do you learn more if all you see is your bubble all the time? you living in the onion. Yes. That's why the Internet is so important. You've got to discover the world. Instead of using your time to go on World Star Hip Hop or to Instagram another picture of you looking beautiful in a dirty kitchen or a dirty bathroom, how about you spend some time discovering the world? And that's what our girls do. They spend 12 hours on getting themselves dressed, and they take no time to tidy up their surroundings. Mm. And that is also a part of etiquette. That is also a part of how you take care of yourself and other things. Yes. Yeah. And so I believe we have three areas that three really important people that have to step up uh, to to uh, what we're looking at. Number one, parents. We mm-hmm. we've already talked about that a little bit. Parents, we've got to start doing better around etiquette. Number two, churches. We've got to stand up. It, most kids, up until the time they're about fourteen, they go to church. They either go with their grandmother, they go with their mother. They go to church. After about 13 or 14, then mama starts saying, well, if you don't want to go, you know, mm-hmm. and then you don't have to go. So churches need to stand up and begin to make these classes available to their congregants. They can do it for the parents. They can also do it for um, the students. Call us here, 800-291-6492. I'll log on to www.urbangirls.org um, to, to get us to schedule a class. We have etiquette instructors in 30 of our, um, of our states. Um, so mm-hmm. we should have somebody based on the ground locally where you can call that person in and uh, have her do the class. So those, those two areas, they really, really, really need to step up. And then third, our school districts need to step up. Um, the the thing about it is, I feel like in a parent's mind, when a school goes to uniform only, they almost feel like their kid, okay, now they're going to come up to where they need to be because they're going to have to dress a certain way, and it's like they're going to a private school. Unfortunately, what the school district thinks and administration thinks, um, it, that's a really a prison setting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Come yes. on, my sister. Let's yes. quit playing around the school dress code stuff because when you go into other communities, they don't have dress codes. No. 
They have on shorts, flip flops, some t-shirts. This is how they going to school. Mm-hmm. Our kids are dressed, and they're getting more infractions and in trouble more behind this dress code than anything else. And also, what used to be kept at the school, now they're bringing in police officers. Yes, indeed. So, parents, while you all are thinking the dress code is just so wonderful and it's going to teach your kid how to come up and, and be more presentable, that's our job. It is not the school's job to teach our children how to present themselves. Because they're doing it so they can get used to being in an institution. Mm-hmm. So they can get used to wearing the same clothes everybody else wears. Not able to insert their own personality in that wardrobe. So we have to stop co-signing and usurping our our authority and saying, oh, finally, somebody has told them how to dress. Why you haven't told them? Any parent who is letting their son walk out the house with their pants underneath their underneath their behind, and their boxes are showing. Shame on you. You're buying their clothes. And all you say is, look, I don't even know why these boys are sitting up here. Wait, quit buying your pants three sizes bigger. Or two sizes wearing, too small. And, and that's the whole other piece. Now that piece is this uh, feminizing of men, not allowing yes. men to be masculine. That's right. The feminization of men. That is just from. Yes, that is that is something that is that's done purposely because if they feminize the the black man, then there won't be a future for us. There won't be. There won't be. There will not be a future for us. And we as um, a society, as a black society. As a, as a society that has built this world, we, we are everywhere. Black people are everywhere. Uh, but you cannot allow other people to tell you who you are. And that is what's happening with these um, television um, stations and radio stations that are not owned by black people. Now, what are they doing is they're using black people as the face because we are so into identity politics, you know, oh, oh, he black and everything. All right. Kind of like what happened with the president. He black. He all right. But in truth, if you look at, if you look at policy, unfortunately, our president, uh, our, uh, our last president, he said from the beginning, I'm not, I'm not here for black people. He said it from the beginning and he didn't have any legislation that helped black people. He did, however, have a lot that helped immigrants. And he did, however, have a lot to help other people. So we have to quit drinking the Kool-Aid just because of black faces out there. What are they saying? Are they really passing policy that helps us or hurts us? And until we get to that place that we're looking past the onion, we're peeling back that onion and really finding Mm -hmm. out what's going on on the inside, then we're going to continue to get hurt. We're going to continue to see our children go down this rabbit hole, being led by their own people. And my other thing is we have a tendency of wanting someone to always take care of us, to do for us, to speak on our behalf. And we should start, like you said, stop co-signing and start stepping up. Come on, sister. Now, and see, this is etiquette. Why do I know all this? Because I teach politics. I mean, I'm, I'm everywhere and I see that these dynamics 
on the landscape of our community, and it concerns me. Like you're saying, now why don't we step up? Well, let's look at this thing. I just told you that etiquette on a wide scale began to be rejected, especially by the African-American community, right after the Civil Rights Movement. Why? Because when etiquette was introduced to black people, it was done in a punitive way. Let me show you what I mean. When it was a rule during slavery and right after during Reconstruction, Jim Crow time, that when you were walking on a sidewalk, if you were a black person, that you could not, not look a white man directly in his eye. Yes. So we, if not, you could be killed, you could be jailed, all kinds of stuff. So what happened is when this new radical black uh, youth came up, they rejected all of that. I'm a look. Not only am I going to look them in the eye, I'm going to hit them in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> One extreme to the next. Exactly. It's either feast or famine, and you, no, mm-hmm. no culture can survive on feast or famine. No, no, no. And we introduced, my God, we introduced this lifestyle of lifestyle of the rich and famous to poor, poor, poor black children. And we tell them, you are nothing unless you drive a Lamborghini. So now this kid who is 11 years old, his only goal is to drive a Lamborghini. When you, how many 11-year-olds you know drive Lamborghinis? None. Absolutely none. Thank you. So they are painting a picture that is not real. TV has hurt us. The Internet, to some degree, has hurt us because it's painted pictures uh, for kids that it's not accessible to. Yeah. Let's be honest. Unrealistic. If, if you, unrealistic. So now I'm a failure if I don't drive a Lamborghini. Are you kidding me? Now you start looking at your mama like she nothing because she drives a Ford Focus. And you, you're looking at your daddy like he nothing because he drives a Chevrolet. But they're taking care of you and they're going to work every day. Mm-hmm. So what we value has changed. And what we're valuing as in trinkets that come and go, um, that pass, we mm-hmm. didn't pass that baton. That is why you see the leadership vacuum. They didn't yeah. look back and pass the baton. That's no, why Al no. Sharpton, that's why Maxine Watt are still on the, let me tell you something. Most of us won't even let our 80-year-old grandmother drive a car. But you mean to tell me you're letting 80-year-old people making lifelong decisions for this country? We, there's no other, there's no choice. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a choice. But what happens is black, black, the black community and society, oh, we didn't check out. We didn't check out. As long mm-hmm. as the black face up there, we don't care. Go on and do what you need to do. They don't, but they're, I, they're not for you. Right. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is they do see that face. They do see that figurehead because that's all it is, is a figurehead. But they complain and do nothing. That's the part that bothers me the most is the complaint and lack of action. Okay, so so what we've learned in, in, in working with these communities is that their action is the to walk down the street, uh, the right, the, the picket, the protest. Mm-hmm. The protest is their action. What they didn't get, see, what they didn't get because they're not students of history. Mm-hmm. They're only students of sound bites. Right. Um, they're students of short video clips. So all they see is Martin Luther King 
walking, walking down the street hand in hand. They don't see the backroom dealing that he had to do. Right, the negotiation, the meetings, and all of those different things that were involved in the planning. That's the whole thing, the planning. Because it didn't happen in a vacuum, and it didn't happen overnight. This was something that was planned over weeks and months before. Even years, some of the things that transpired happened over years of planning and, and, and watching the action and watching the trends and seeing how things are going. And I think you're absolutely correct when you said that they – only see the the snippet, the, the you know the soundbite, the snippet of what actually happened in history, and they're gonna replicate it because it's their instantaneous view of life is everything has to happen now. Okay, I saw it, I can do it right now. And if you don't have the training and you don't have the understanding, you are just doing something blindly. And I guess you are so correct when you said that they're going blindly. They're going blind, and so. When you have a power vacuum like that, excuse me, leadership vacuum, mm-hmm. then people just start throwing things on the wall and hoping they stick. Mm-hmm. And so in this generation, the Black Lives Matter message has stuck. And unfortunately for us, it, it, it doesn't show etiquette at all. You know, it, it's nothing about etiquette. No. And so to teach this behavior, they're going to have to fail completely before this message can arise. And mm-hmm. the, the issue is, and that's why what you do is so important. I, I, I so appreciate you having me on today because without you giving a person like me a platform to talk about etiquette and to talk about its importance to our community and to our society, they're never going to hear it because they're not going to hear it from all of those black stations that are all owned by other people. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. In, in the world of competition, I don't care what you what what people say. If you're my sister first and foremost, because you look like me. So if I if if I'm out there looking for people to take care of, I'm gonna always take care of home first. At least that's what I've been taught. Mm-hmm. So if if I continually put out this negative message and spin it as positive, and the black community takes on that message. Guess what? Now I don't have to worry about you entering the work market. You're not even going to compete with my daughter at, at, at Yale. You're not even going to compete with my daughter at getting a job at Google or IBM or something because you don't even have the etiquette to get in the first in the first place. Yes. Yes. I see it. I've seen it. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I um, mm-hmm. um, In my past life, I've worked at an employment agency. And ah, that's Oh, that's where you really see some interesting behaviors. And mm-hmm. I got to hear the back talk. That's what, mm-hmm. you know, the back talk, the backroom discussions and conversations were so, I would get so angry. I would have to get up and I would have to just leave and go outside because of the simple fact that some people would come in, they would have the, they would have the education, they would have the pedigree, everything that you need to get the job, but there would be one thing that they didn't do right. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you can't look past that. And they were not mm-hmm. willing to look past that because the person was of color. But someone else came in and they were just so wrong, they got the job. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Yes. And I was like, wow. And so what happened with me was I got hit to the game. So when I knew they were coming in for the interview, I would coach them on the side. I did not care. 
I would coach mm-hmm. them on the side and let them know, don't do this, don't do that, say this, say that. You have the, you have the education, you have the experience, you are cap- more than capable of doing this job. So just do what you do best, but just don't do these few things that I told you, and you should be fine. And oftentimes, they did get the position, but it was just a simple fact that Someone had to just say, you know, enough is enough. I'm going to help my people. I'm going to help my sister. I'm going to help my brother. And that's it. Well, and that's and how that they is, were able to get ahead. Yes, go ahead. And that is and that is the message that I, I want to say that uh, around etiquette in this day and age, that etiquette right now is about our survival people in yes. the urban community. It is yes. about us being taken seriously. Um, it is about us of being taken seriously by banks that hold the purse strings to starting businesses, to having home ownership. Etiquette is definitely something that is for everyday living. And if you don't have it, if you are in a position where you don't have the job you want, the car you want, the house you want, I would say check your etiquette. Check your etiquette. Uh, Are you on the job doing um, you know, around the cooler gossip in the morning. Because if you are, then you're not going to move to the next position. You think nobody's going to go tell, but they are. Because when every time when it's time to get promoted, I'm going to tell everything I know about everybody. <laughs> so a lot of the workplace etiquette that are, that are that is hurting uh, the urban community is inappropriate dress, um, ineffective communication skills. So in mm-hmm. other words, using slang at work. Like, uh-uh, baby, yes, not today. You know, there's a time and a place for that, okay? And work is not one of them. Um, poor attendance. Calling in sick all the time. What is that about? The first three months of your job, you're on a 90-day probation. Do not call in sick the first 30 days. Unless, unless it's an emergency, unless it's, uh, you have a health issue that requires you have to be out. That re- it must be a requirement. And then bring doctor notification to show mm-hmm. that you're not running game. But unfortunately, a lot of times, a lot of our single mothers with small babies, the first 90 days, they're going to miss work 10 times because the baby has an earache or the baby has allergies and have to take the baby to the doctor. So you have to keep those things in, in your mind as you begin new jobs and mm-hmm. build a rapport with your supervisor so that yes. won't become a problem. Another problem around attendance is showing up to work one minute and two minutes late every day. Not showing up to work five minutes early, which is really on time. So showing up to work late, and then showing up with breakfast and rollers in your hair. So you go eat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> so you go eat, go in the room, do your makeup and your hair in the bathroom, and then you're ready to work an hour after you're due to report to your desk. You think nobody's paying attention because you've been there five years and you know how to run run the whole floor, but you don't have the supervisor role because they're not going to promote you because you come to work too many late every day. So these are the things that are unspoken rules that your supervisor mm-hmm. will never tell you about, um, that your employer will never tell you about, but these are things that will bring down your performance, your yearly performance review. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so uh, etiquette is something that's very near and dear to my heart. It has been something that I have seen people being transformed, like you said, walking in, not getting a job, to getting some coaching and being able to get a job. That's how important it is uh, to closing a million-dollar contract over a you know, over lunch, if you don't know how to do it. If you mm-hmm. go to a country club and you don't know how to carry yourself, but you're asking for a million dollars and, you know, to invest in your business, but you don't even know how to act in a country club or send a thank you card for people's time. Um, so this is what we teach. We teach you to succeed today with yesterday's tools. Yes, yes, yes. And that's what I've been, I guess, I've been preaching it. And saying it, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I connected with you, and I was able to find. I I searched for you. I'm gonna admit, I searched for you, and I'm so glad I was able to find you. And you know, this information, like I said when we opened up, that the only way that you can move forward is to know your history, and this history is so important and so key to our success going forward. So we know this is part of who we are. This is who we are, and we have to pick that up again. We have to pick that baton up again and start running with it and teaching as many as we can as we go along so that they will have that skill that they can translate and they can hand that baton to the next generation. Well, and that is the bottom line. When it all boils down to it, it's about a legacy. Do Mm -hmm. we want to leave a legacy of youth? of the next generation who are barbarians, basically, you know, not combing their hair. You know, I love the natural hair movement. Um, um, Two of my daughters are natural. Um, Myself, I'm natural. I haven't had a perm in about 15 years. Um, But some people who wear natural hair uh, in a, in a professional environment, you must groom yourself. You have to Mm -hmm. groom yourself, put Mm -hmm. some oil on your, on your locks, um, plat them up at night so in the morning you have a nice coil to them um, mm-hmm. and then shine them up so when you go into that environment you don't look scary <laughs> and I know what that scary look is like I too have been perm free for I think 11 12 years now so Yay, my natural sister yes hello and so <laughs> I understand and I've seen I've seen people, you know, with different types of hair in different environments, and some of them have, it looks amazingly beautiful. And then some of them, you're like, did you, did you really think that it was going to work? Well, and and that goes around image. That is your image. You, you, you know, they tell you, you can't judge a book by its cover, but you can show or read the uh, introduction. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my goodness. You can read the introduction. So how you present yourself is very Mm -hmm. crucial. So I want to give just a few images, give you an example of what I would teach in your classes. If you're in my image etiquette workshop, what we do teach is body awareness. And so African-American women are shaped differently than other races of women. And so we don't uh, look like other women in, uh, in different things. So ways to uh, deal with those issues is if you have very, very large busts, then you should not wear uh, blouses that are bright in color, uh, that have ruffles on them, or that have material. 
a shiny metallic material because if you do, you draw attention to wherever that is. So if you have a big waist, don't break the color at the waist. If you have a big behind, wear a little, a little longer jacket to cut the butt in half. Now, what what the girls will say is, well, I can't help my butt. I can't help that I have a great big old butt. Well, what happens is when you go into other societies as you move up, say you straight face instance, okay, ladies, you like to beat girls' face out. You like to do makeup. And you're getting ready to start a makeup line, and you have to go meet someone from another culture, um, you know, to, to ask them to partner with you. Well, if you don't tap down that butt, you won't get that contract. So that's what I'm saying. You, you have to learn how to enhance what you have, not mm-hmm. display what you have. Mm-hmm. Understood. Enhancing it, not displaying it. And so these are just little things that we don't know about, and, and we'll go. And why do, why do, where do we get this idea about how black women are supposed to dress? Remember, we came out of churches, most of us. Mm-hmm. We saw pastors wear hot pink suits. Mm-hmm. Canary <laughs> yellow suits. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, yes. you know, green alligators. So we have to get that and where did where did that clothing come from? Well, in Africa, we were kings and queens, and so all of the garb and the regalia was an indication to the world I'm doing well, and I love these colors, and I love you know all of this was a sign to the world that mm-hmm. you were rich, that you were that you were well to do. Uh, uh, in fact, for many years in Africa, one of the signs that uh, that a woman was husband was rich and they're wealthy well she was overweight she was a big girl and in America being big is a curse you know they treat you like you're almost dead if you're big in America so (laughs) (laughs) so so these are the things by not knowing by not being a student of history we don't Mm -hmm. understand why people do what we do we dismiss it. We trivialize it. You may, some people may even tease it, mm-hmm. but they don't understand yeah. that a lot of times for 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 people coming out of slavery, Jim Crow, segregation, the church was the only place that they had voice. You were yeah. you were a janitor at work, but you was the head deacon at church. Yes, and this was the only place that you felt important. Important. Now with the advent of Casual Sunday in mega churches, you have women coming up in there with they back out, they breast out, all of this, and no teaching coming from the pulpit, no teaching coming from the auxiliary about closing because why? We're all politically correct. We don't want to offend anybody. But yet if you don't teach them, you are locking them out of opportunity, so you're doing really a disservice. To your congregation, to your school, to your community by not opening your mouth. So speak up, people. Um, be an example. You don't wear, if you're listening to us today, and thank you so much for tuning in to talk about etiquette. Um, if, if you're in public, don't you don't be the one in the house shoes. You don't be the one um, in the pajama pants. Get your good pair of jogging pants or tights. Uh, but even with tights, have a shirt that's long enough to cover your, your posterior, please. Uh, if I see one more uh, woman of color in tights, cheaper tights or thin, 
and you can see right through them. So I can see your flower panties through your tights. So you have to wear a blouse long enough. And this, you are really, this is the practical stuff that I'm talking about. Yes, it is, because I'm laughing because I've seen everything that you're saying. I've seen it, and you you see you see the uh, flower underwear. I've seen worse. So I understand exactly what you're saying, and you are, I mean, you're just preaching the gospel, the, the truth of what, what we're dealing with and what we're doing to sabotage ourselves. Oh, that is such a good way to put that. You're self-sabotaging. You're self-sabotaging in the in the guise of you got you have to accept me. This is me. So what you're saying is you're you're being you means you're so lazy and you have no um, goals or priorities in life that at three o'clock in the afternoon you still have on pajama pants. We have to self we have to self check ourselves. Black community, we have to quit dancing around the issues. We must begin to really tell the truth on ourselves and deal with these issues uh, because we hold other races accountable to us more than we hold ourselves accountable to each other. That is that is absolutely correct. Absolutely. And we want them to take care of us. They didn't take care of us back then. Why do you think they're going to take care of you now? I don't yeah. owe you anything. I don't owe you anything. Now, should there be reparations? Should Have we done more um, after Reconstruction and after segregation? Absolutely. To secure finances for blacks for years to come? These people who came out of the um, 1800s, 1900s, um, the, 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 you know, the uh, industrial boom, they got rich off of slavery. I mean, filthy, stinking rich. 20, 30 generation rich. So there, there should be some, some reparations. But if you're coming up in there with your underwear showing, with your pants hanging down, you're not even going to get in a conversation about no reparations. I'm not going to. For what? So you can go buy some more red-bottom Louis Vuitton shoes? No, thank you. No, thank you. Yes. We're, we're not yes. even building. Look at HBCU. HBCUs and their endowments. When you compare Harvard, who has a $20 billion endowment, and Howard, mm-hmm. who has the biggest endowment of $10 million, we're not even in the ball game. No, 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 no. And I want etiquette to wake people up. If we have to come in under the guise of etiquette to then begin to open up the conversation about economic empowerment, let's do it. Yes. But if you don't yes. talk about etiquette, you're not going to be economically empowered. No, no. You're absolutely right, and I have to tell you that um, I had just posted something on my webpage, and it is exactly what you're saying right now, and I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. I'm like, a lot of what you're saying I've already said, and I'm like, it's like stereo, and I'm like, this is this is unbelievable. It is just so unbelievable. I'm looking for it right at this moment, so my phone is acting well, a little funky. While you're funky. looking, I want to say, I want to say that um, that etiquette is tied in to economic empowerment. Right now, we have a program uh, for teens, and it's called a job readiness course, and it's mm-hmm. a hospitality course. What we find is that hospitality com- um, community, uh, the business industry, is producing almost a trillion dollars a year in, in, between cruises 
hotels, restaurants, all of these different things. So what we do is our kids' first job is to go get a job at Whataburger. Well, you know what? If we could train them in etiquette just a little bit, their first job doesn't have to be a burger joint. Their first job can be at the front desk at the Hilton. Their first job can be uh, being a valet parker at the Anatole. Mm -hmm. So now you're making more money. You're meeting a higher quality of person. You have more opportunity. Let me tell you something. How can all of us, how can any of us fly if none of us have wings? Or a license. (laughs) Or a license. Do you understand? So when you allow your children to go and get it, to learn etiquette, it is not that they're going to, let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. The reason people abandon the black community is not because they learn etiquette. The reason the people abandon the black community once they reach a certain financial level is because they have not been taught the value of the black community. So what they do, mama say, baby, go to college or or get your NFL contract so you can get out of here. Yes. That's your whole goal. Make you some money so you can get out of here. But did you know, if you look in the history of our community, it, they went to work to build the black communities. That's why you mm-hmm. had community centers. That's why you had organizations that would go in to our, our, our widows' houses and older black people's houses and help clean and help them. Guess what? Why do you think there are now all these pop-up communities for elderly people? Because the black people quit doing it. Yes. Now, I'm going to read what I found. I found it. And I posted this last night on my webpage, and it was the Amos Wilson wrote, a people must trust, be dependable, have respect for each other if they want to develop a viable economic system. When they have oh. these kinds of relationships, they have, so, they have a social system they can build and they can grow economically. I'm dropping the mic on that. And we as a community, if we can't have these conversations, and again, I thank you for providing this platform to talk about etiquette and how it relates to the urban community. And, and maybe even I hope today we've identified some things for our listeners um, that kind of, you know, kind of build like that case for us. We've shown mm-hmm. you why etiquette is important. But bottom line is it is economics and relationships. If you don't have etiquette, your money not going to be right and your relationships are not going to be right. You, uh, uh, if you notice, um, older, I really hate to say this, but sometimes older black women, they, they have no clue when it comes to um, relationships, uh, when it comes to for instance, they'll go to an event and they'll take home three to go to go plate instead of one. That's the plate to, to the very top. Why? Because nobody's taught them. So I said that to say that's proof we're broken. That's proof we need these skills. That's proof that we need to come together as a community and promise each other that we're going to be an example for our community every time we walk out this house. Let's all sign that pledge today. I'm going to be responsible for me. I'm not going to blame you for my nappy hair. 
I'm not going to blame you for the crust in my eyes. I'm not going to blame you for my beat-down run-over shoes that I could have took two seconds and changed my, my shoes before I went out. I'm going to be responsible for me. And whenever I step out of this door, I'm going to put 100% in my best foot, foot forward. If each of us in the urban community would make that commitment, I believe that we would not only see a, a change immediately in how we are perceived in this country, but we will see a change economically immediately. Thank you. Uh, I have to tell you, this has been such an eye-opening conversation. It has been honest. You have been truthful with what we need to do just on a small level, it's nothing grand that we need to do. It's just a small level we need to just start in order to just get where we need to be because we've fallen back. All of that work that our forefathers did was so important and instrumental in us getting here, but we have fallen back so far. And I say let them down somewhat in some respects. Don't get me wrong. There are um, there are some people out there, youth uh, that are doing amazing things, but they can't be the only ones holding it down, much like what you said. You still have Al Sharpton and Maxine Waters. They can't be like them, trying to hold everything up alone. They need help, and they're going to need us to have a stronger community with stronger youth who are going to be stronger adults to support them in their action. Otherwise, they will just be there alone trying to hold up so much. And we're standing on a lot of shoulders. And we're standing on a, a lot of blood has been shed so that we can be where we are right now. And it really makes no sense that we should let them down. Mm. Well, beautifully said. And I, com- I completely concur. And though etiquette may seem small to some, I feel like what we do here at NAUB at the National Association of Urban Etiquette Professionals is just a small, um, you know, just a small piece of this fight. But as, as each of us take responsibility and bring awareness to this issue, I'm hoping that we grow um, and that people will be more accepting of us. And not saying that we talk white or that we're coons, but we are just people who want to represent our race with pride, and, and bring pride to the, the, the really the ancestors, like you said, who are now not looking at us and being proud of us. Yes, yes. And I have to tell you, thank you. You are welcome back at any time um, mm-hmm. to, to give us tidbits and information on different things because I am like uh, – like I said, I have my etiquette program that I'm running out here, and I will be referring to you um, as often as it. So we're just going to be talking all the time. I would love to talk to you, and congratulations to you on you starting your etiquette business. I want you to join up with Nayu so you'll have uh, you know us to, to mm-hmm. have a sisterhood with you and be with you. And I can't wait uh, because we really work hard to teach you and empower you. Because you will have some challenges. We we, we kind of discussed some of those challenges just today about rejection yes. and etiquette. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And, I mean, I'm so glad. I, I think this all had to do with the work of, uh, of the Almighty because Absolutely. he brought us together, and it is for a reason, and it is for a really good reason, and that is to just bring awareness to the fact that we need to stop acting out and start acting right. Ooh, I love it. Excellent, excellent. We do. And uh, I just thank you so much for having us today. Again, 
You can reach mm-hmm. us at www.urbangirls.org. Give us mm-hmm. a call at 1-800-291-6492. And we're in Dallas, Texas. Okay, great. Thank you again, and have a great weekend. I am just this this whole day has been super exciting for me, and I'm glad I'm, I, I can look back and say that I really believe that we really did make a difference and we really did shed the light on a lot of issues that should be addressed and talked about. So we're opening up the discussion and we're opening up the dialogue. Let's see what happens from here. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome, and have a good day. Now. Okay. To all of my amazing listeners, I know you got an earful, and I'm glad you did, because what we do here on the Cocoa Express Show Network is we want you to be the best you possible. We try to bring you information and show you different things and let you hear from different people who are doing what it is that they believe that they were chosen to do. I always say, don't follow somebody else's. Um, plan or journey because you have your own. You have your own lane that you're supposed to be in. That's your destiny. Follow it. Believe it. Your dream is real and it is doable and you can make it happen. But first, you got to take care of yourself. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. And you just got to understand that you are valuable and you are worthy and you are worth it. So with that in mind, just do what you need to do to get you to where you want to be and be happy. And that's so important. So on that note, I'm going to just say thank you to our amazing guest, Miss Wilson. She is just a godsend. And I, I can't begin to tell you how much the information she shared with us has impacted me today. And I'm really grateful for this opportunity. And I would like to say to each and every one of you, take care of yourself. I'm serious about that. And God bless. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Welcome to the Cocoa Express Network. Talk radio that informs. Talk radio that inspires. Talk radio that enlightens. Talk radio that 